Hello there, welcome to Talent and Growth. I'm your host, Paul Church. This is episode 201. Welcome to the first day of the rest of our lives on Talent and Growth. Thanks for being with me along the journey, for the journey, and for the journey we have upcoming. Today, we're joined by Susie Choi, who is the founder of Good People, which is a business set up to empower your hiring process with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, that certainly sounds like the type of stuff we like to talk about here on Talent and Growth. And today we're talking about trends in talent acquisition. We're talking about candidate experience, what job seekers want, how companies can better showcase their mission and values and culture to attract diverse candidates. What should we be doing? What, ugh, easy for me to say. What should we be doing with crafting effective job descriptions that attract those diverse candidates and lots more? Really enjoyed talking to Susie, just a really good person. Hope you enjoy the episode. Here we go. Susie, absolute pleasure to have you on Talent and Growth. How are we doing today? Doing well. Really excited to be here. Absolutely. It's been a, a long time coming. I think it's a couple of months since we first had a conversation. Uh, glad we got here. So listen, why don't you kick off, tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, all about good people. Um, yeah, tell us who you are. Yeah, so my name is Susie Troy, and I've been in the talent acquisition space for close to 15 years or so. Currently, I'm working on Good People. It's a data analytics platform for TA leaders, really getting insights into your demographics and really refining your talent strategy for more of a diverse hiring approach. Fantastic. All right, well, we're going to be talking plenty about candidate experience today. So talk to me about how the focus of candidate experiences evolved in recent years, and particularly in the US? Mm -hmm. You know, this is always a fun topic to talk about. Candidate experience, the term, has come more popular into play in recent times. Before, it wasn't necessarily terminology people used. So a few things that have, I guess, evolved, especially here in the US, is digitalization of recruitment processes. So what I mean by this is implementation of user-friendly applications, video interviews, and AI-driven communication tools. AI is so huge in this world of aid. You can use it for anything, right? Um, there is also transparency and communication. So regular updates and feedback throughout the recruitment process, really sharing transparent information of what's coming next, you know, what to expect, et cetera, rather than leaving people in the dark or just ghosted. Um, and this particularly emphasizes on respect and value for the candidate's time. Um, you also have personalization as well within the candidate experience. So customized interactions based on a candidate's preference and profile to really make it more of an experience and more engaging rather than less transactional per se. So an example of this is, let's say you go through your standard interview process and the candidate is one of your top candidates and can't decide between your company and different company. They want more insights into different people or maybe revisiting a person they interviewed. Welcome those stages, keep it open and as an option to those people that would like to take in as much data to make a profound decision in their life. What, what do you think, Job talking about a profound decision. So what do you think job seekers are looking for the most in opportunities today? Beyond salary and even title, uh -huh. we know salary isn't everything, but it's important. If we take that out of the equation, what do you think is most important for people? Right. And let's get real about this topic for a second. It really varies 
once you become an experienced professional rather than someone who's breaking into the workforce, right? It's real, you know, most people are trying to just get their foot in the door and therefore just getting a job or any experience may be important. However, as you progress in your career, I have also found not just within myself, but also from data within the good people community, it's not title or just salary that's important anymore. Depending on where you are in your life stage, there's so many different factors that you may be considering when joining a company. So what I mean by that is looking at the entire comprehensive package of what a company offers. For example, do they have work-life balance? So flexibility in your working hours and where you work from, right? Um, there is a survey that showed that about 80% of candidates prioritize work-life balance over job titles. And this is from a Forbes article back, it's a little outdated, but 2021, um, it's still true to this day. Uh, there is also company cultures, values, the mission. So 46% of job seekers cite that the culture is really important when choosing an employer. And opportunities for growth. You don't understand how many people, when I'm talking to them from a recruiter standpoint, when asked, hey, why are you looking for a new opportunity? They usually reply and say, I've plateaued and there's no more room for growth, right? If companies reinvested back into their employees for really great career development, imagine how much amazing talent you can retain. Absolutely, 100%. And how can companies, uh, I think the mission and values and culture, that's always important to people. How can companies better showcase these three important elements to attract, um, well, as diverse a range of talent as they can? Yeah. Um, the thing about companies, whether you are a small, medium-sized company or an enterprise, when candidates are first coming to your company page, your job or careers page, whatever it may be, they're only getting a glimpse into what they may possibly get when they are joining that workforce. So a few areas that companies can focus on is really showing authentic content. What I mean by that is using real stories, testimonials from diverse employees to highlight the company culture. Typically, it's not just from the leadership, but people that aren't really at those leadership levels find more rapport with individuals from middle management or IC roles as well. Um, there's also social responsibility. So do you have certain commitments to social causes? Do you have community involvement? Maybe you have sustainability efforts. Whatever it may be, can the candidates understand that and see that? Um, also, engagement is huge. Whether it's part of the interview process, onboarding, you know, that full employee experience life cycle, how do you engage with candidates when you first start off? You can do it through social media, webinars, events, virtual or in-person to really showcase your company's personalities and its values. I would make sure that whoever is at or representing the company at this stage makes a wonderful brand ambassador because that's your first point of contact. People are meeting and really reflecting upon your company's image. With taking all of that into account, do you have a like a blueprint or advice for crafting effective job descriptions that stand out and attract the right people and hit the right notes? Oh my gosh, Paul. <laughs> I've seen so many really, really bad 
job descriptions that I come across. And so many candidates, I'm pretty sure you've been in your shoes yourself, there are times where the job description, it looks all great, but when you get to the role, it's not what the job description entailed or explained, right? Um, So a few things that could really craft an effective job description is having a clear and concise language. Avoid company jargon, clearly state your expectations, the responsibilities, qualifications. I feel like that's the bare minimum. If you want to go above and beyond, really help the candidate envision what this day-to-day or this role will look like or how success is achieved, whether that's through a 30, 60, 90 plan of what is expected, intangible aspects of what really makes a candidate shine. Um, Those are a few examples in that aspect. Using inclusive language is the next one. So there is psychology behind language, right? In marketing, sales, whatever way, the, the force of language can be so huge. So in this aspect, using gender neutral terms and avoiding unconscious bias really makes a role accessible to a wider diverse applicant pool. For example, If I were to say nurse, mother, typically female comes into your mind, right? If I say the words strong, leader, president, you think a man, right? A male. So really neutralizing these aspects and going with, I would say, more objective words like people, et cetera, et cetera, speaks to a wider audience. And when the reader reads the job description, they can envision themselves also in the role rather than feeling that the job description was not written by them. I've seen a lot of these cases where job descriptions are written by Silicon Valley engineers, and it's a very heavily male dominated area. They write the job description to mirror themselves and that needs to be corrected. Um, Also just emphasizing on growth and development. So highlighting opportunities uh, for professionals growth learning advancement in the company really brings in the candidate to be really excited further about how this role is evolving over time. Yeah, it sounds like a sounds like a good blueprint to me. How can companies avoid creating a homogenous culture but still attract candidates who align with those core values? Mm-hmm. So you've probably heard of the term culture fit. There was a time long time ago I was a huge proponent for the word and using that. However, Mm. it's not necessarily a fit, and I don't think that's the right terminology anymore. It's more so finding individuals um, that are aligned in value, per se. So focusing on candidates who share the core values of the company and what they stand for. Typically, they're found on the company's page, right? Um, Rather than fitting into an existing cultural mode mold, I would say. If you bring in individuals that already fit into the existing mold, it's just going to be a homogenous culture. doesn't matter what race, whatever it may be, it really doesn't matter. And it also stems into socioeconomic, um, educational, all of that aspect, right? Um, There's also a aspect you can implement diverse hiring panels. So using diverse interview panels really reduces unconscious bias and it provides a very perspective on the candidate that you're trying to hire. And to be frank, everyone has biases. It's just human nature, whether similarity, that's an example of a bias as well. 
we can't help it. But if we do have diverse individuals, that keeps the feedback of your scorecards, if you have them, more objective in that aspect. Um, also, the third thing would probably be ERGs, so employee resource groups. So supporting and promoting these to foster a diverse and inclusive um, environment would be my last one. Speaking about, um, I suppose, having interview processes which are inclusive, how, how can we, do you have any strategies for this around, I suppose, making them more inclusive for a neurodiverse candidate or people with disabilities? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's funny, back at a company, maybe like two companies ago, I realized that we weren't being inclusive to neurodiverse candidates. And the reason is I knew this individual specifically. So yes, I did already have a bias, but I knew the magic they could do behind the computer. Um, However, their interviewing skills did not correctly portray that. And in essence, when people are interviewing, we're so used to, are you making eye contact? Do you have good body language? Can you speak and think on the spot? However, there are many individuals who do well in the position, but not necessarily interview well. And we need to remove that bias and exclusivity in hiring too. So a few things that I did was I implemented a candidate experience guide. Um, So what this entailed is sharing all of our questions that we'll be discussing in the interview and really allowing the candidate to bring their best self forward. And for the interviews as well, we also train them to be more flexible and understanding of people who may be not making eye contact as they think. They may be stuttering, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Really making a bit more neutral. So providing that interview guide really helped candidates that do take some time to process the data and then speak, practice and bring it forward. On the flip side, too, if we provided you basically the keys to the castle and you don't take advantage of it, that also shows further into the individual, right? But aside from that, I would say um, providing accommodations for interviews, whether it's captions, alternative formats, or flexible scheduling as well, and using structured interviews, I think is huge. So use consistent questions for all candidates to ensure that it's fair and it reduces bias. How do you help interviewers excel as interviewees and and make the hiring process more effective overall? Yeah, so, oh my gosh, I love this topic. So this one's going to be a bit of a longer one, but what you can do is develop interviewer skills, right? So have training programs, implement these trainings for interviewers, covering different techniques, understanding body language, Um, How do you effectively assess a candidate's response and really emphasizing the importance of structured interviews and standardized rating skills? Um, You can also ensure that the interviewers have a deep understanding of the job requirements and the skills and attributes that are really critical in success for the role. So that would include, you know, both technical competencies and soft skills. Um, Next would be conducting workshops on unconscious bias. This will allow interviewers to recognize and mitigate their own biases. It's really crucial for fostering diversity and making fair hiring decisions. Um, I would say further enhancing the interview process. So having a candidate-centric approach. I find that some individuals 
let's say you and I were interviewing. I don't make you feel welcome. I'm on my phone. I'm looking elsewhere. I'm not engaged, right? So training the interviewers to focus on the candidate experience, making interviewers or the interviews, I would say, more conversational rather than interrogational, right? Um, this really includes the aspect of being respectful to the candidate's time, just having active listening and providing clear and concise information that'll help their decision as well. Um, a couple more things is developing a structured feedback process for both the interviewers and the candidates. Of course, there are some companies related to legal reasons that they don't share feedback, of course, but there are some that do. Um, so interviewers should also receive feedback on their interviewing technique and candidates, I strongly believe, should receive constructive feedback regardless of the outcome because you don't know whether that type of information will help them improve an XYZ for their next interview. Um, the last one I would say is equipping interviewers with the knowledge to effectively communicate the company's mission, the values, the culture. It really helps the candidates like understand if they align with the company. It makes it just more effective of a process overall. Well, so, yes, that's some great advice. What, what, what do you think that uh, small and medium-sized businesses can do? What's some advice you usually give to improve their TA strategies without having to spend lots of money, without extensive resources? What's some kind of key things for you? Oh, my gosh. This is such a consistent problem in the startup space. The people, HR team, the talent team, it's the very last department to get budget. So you need to find ways of being creative when your budget is allocated to other resources. So what I would do is leverage platforms, the main ones like LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, really understand it's not about just engaging everyone as a whole, but for the st specific roles you are hiring a headcount, where do these people live on which platforms? Do that kind of research. Um, outside of this, I found some of the best engineers in Reddit or other areas. You have subreddit groups where people are really passionate about these topics. And if you are a really good sourcer, recruiter, you can find out who the individual is and contact them, right? Um, and they live in many different other groups as well. I think really understanding where each individual enroll, I would say flock, right? Go to those areas and leverage those platforms that they are using themselves day to day. Um, another thing is employee referral programs. Typically, many of the candidates that really want to join a company is because someone that they know has said stellar things about your company. Um, that usually brings a great pool of candidates and awareness of the company that may not have a strong presence. Um, at the same time, it's a plus for the company. If your employees are referring other individuals, you're doing something right, right? Um, so there's that. It really reduces the recruitment costs and time too in that aspect. And I would say collaborating with colleges and trade schools for internships and graduating um, hiring programs. If you offer these type of, I would say, associate programs or um, internships to bring in and develop talent that way. You never know what type of talent you'll find um, along with boot camps, for example. I forgot to include that. That may turn out to be wonderful long-term candidates within the company as well. 
Absolutely. Well, final final question. What what's what's one one piece of advice you'd give to founders or, or, or leaders who aren't experts in talent acquisition to, just to get better about all the things we've talked about? What's that one thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, if I had to choose one thing, I would say if you are in that phase of the growth phase, right, don't hesitate to consult with your HR or TA leader within your company. They are brought in because they have the knowledge the experience, the effective tools to build out your company and its talent acquisition strategies. You have them for a reason, use them as a resource. And if I just can throw in one more, um, I would say having a really strong employer brand can really reduce the costs of hiring up to 50% and turnover by 28%. So putting your budget resources or allocating some of your resources there would be something I would advise. Absolutely great advice. Susie, been an absolute pleasure chatting to you today. If people want to find out more about you or about good people, where should they go? Yeah, please visit us at www.thegoodpeople.io or please connect with me on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Susie, thank you so much for being a part of Talent and Growth. Thank you for having me.